Gospels to Luke chapter 18, and, and I, I've just kind of titled this message, Prayer Time. The Lord really dealt with me while we was in Tulsa that we need to, uh, we need to uh, uh, learn about prayer, we need to understand the value of prayer, and we need to uh, know what effective prayer is. And so, uh, you know, I know we go there every year and all such as that, and, and I just felt like, you know, let's kind of get started this morning to kind of talk about prayer. Because if, if you'll look in the Bible, if you'll just look in the Gospels, and if you underlined everywhere it talks about prayed, praying, or prayer, you'd find how it says it a whole lot. Jesus talked a lot about prayer. Paul talked about a lot about prayer. And the prayer is essential to our lives. And uh, John Wesley said, it seems God is limited by our prayers. It seems God is limited by our prayer life, that He can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks Him. I'm telling you, God is limited by our prayer life. Listen, you know, I was thinking about this, and here's what God told me. Don't get me wrong, because this, this is all you got. Use it. He said, it's not enough just to say, God bless them. God bless them. He said, we need to pray more specifically when we pray. And just like Takai was talking about, we name seed, but we also need to, when we're in prayer, we need to have specifics. Most of us are in specifics, especially when it comes to our individual lives. But I'm telling you, God wants us to get specific about our country, about all, listen, we're, we're in a, uh, the Bible says perilous times, and we need to be prayers. Amen. Let's look in uh, Luke 18, 1. And then Jesus spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. That men ought to always pray and not lose heart. The New Century Version says always pray and never lose hope. Always pray and never lose hope. The New Living Translation says always pray and never give up. Always pray. I found this. Let me just throw this in here. I found out this. If you'll pray, you won't give up. I said if you pray, you won't give up. You're to write that down. And the Message Bible says pray consistently and never quit. You know, God don't want you quitting. He don't want you falling out of the race. He wants you to be blessed in this day and in this hour. The Amplified says they ought always to pray and not to turn coward, faint, lose heart, and give up. God wants us to have a prayer life. Listen to me. I, I, I remember so much what Rusty said not, not too awfully long ago. He said, you know, prayer is a labor until it becomes a passion. Prayer is a labor till it becomes a passion. One of the, I think one of the, uh, you know, when you're learning to pray, I used to wouldn't pray in front of people because I didn't think I could pray well enough. And so I wouldn't pray in front of people and very limited in what I prayed to start with. And so I felt like, well, I wasn't adequate enough or I, I, I wasn't able to pray the way I thought. Anybody ever been there before and you say, well, I don't want to, and, and, and almost cringe if you thought somebody's going to ask you to pray in public. Anybody still that way? Some of y'all said, don't, don't ask me. But the thing about it is, a lot of times, the reason we're so inadequate is because we're not doing it. Don't, don't run out on me. Because I'm telling you something, when we start praying, and we start getting a prayer life, and we start communicating, listen, fellowship is, I mean, prayer is fellowshipping with God. The Lord told me one time, how would you talk to your dad? And I said, well, I just talked to him and tell him what was going on. He said, well, that's what you need to do to me. Just talk to me. Tell me what's going on. Fellowship with me. That's, that's fellowship. That's, that's prayer and communication with God. And anyway, he goes on to saying there was a certain, in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now, there was a widow in that city, and she came to him, the, the judge, and said, get justice for me from my adversary. And 
he would not for a while, but afterward she said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, now listen to what Jesus said. Now notice what the uh, judge said, lest her continual coming. Or let me put it like this, because she won't quit. She won't give up. You know, it's easy to give up when you don't think something's working. Am I right? And so it's easy to give up when you don't think something's working, but you got to understand something. Listen, the, the, the main thing that has to be in your prayer, can, can y'all get, y'all got your pens already and your minds alert? The main thing that has to be active in you in prayer is faith. God says, without it, we can't please Him. So we have to pray in faith. We have to believe that what we're praying is asking on the bad. Listen, uh, the prayer time is not, listen to me, prayer time is not supposed to be a wasteful time. It's not supposed to be a time that we're just wasting time and, and you know, well, I'm going to give in the morning, I'm going to pray and, and I'm going to do this at a certain time, I'm going to do this. Listen, that's all good and fine, but there needs to be faith in it and expectation in it. Listen, that little lady, she kept coming to that judge. He wouldn't do nothing for her. He wouldn't answer. I mean, he wouldn't do anything, but she stayed with it. She stayed with it. And the Lord said, listen to what the Lord said. Hear what the unjust judge said. Now listen, you got to understand, he's not comparing God to an unjust God. And he's not unjust by no means. He said, the unjust judge said, and shall not God, if he would do it, Shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Will he really find faith on the earth? Listen to me, God's looking for faith, but understand what kind of faith he's looking for. He's looking for a persistent faith, a consistent faith, something that stays with it. Listen, anybody can start something and quit it. I appreciate my, 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 my children, my son and all. I know I've got a, uh, sometimes kids will jump into something. They'll like want to do sports and they'll want to do something. They'll jump in there and, and they'll say about time they, about halfway through it, they think, I don't think I want to do this no more. And it's too bad if they belong to one of my kids. Cause they're going to stay with it. Same way we were. No, you ain't dropping out. You signed up. You're going through with it. You're going to do it. Amen. Even though they say, I'm, I just don't like it. Stuff like that. Well, they're going to finish it out. Why? Because it's easy to, it's easy the way, even Christians do this. You say, what do you mean? That people get gung ho for God. They'll act like they're on fire for God. God's touched their lives. God's changed their life. Or they pray a prayer and it gets answered. Hallelujah. Isn't it? How many loves answered prayer? Amen. I love it. Man, when I first got, uh, has anybody ever been a baby Christian? You all have. The thing about it is, when you first get saved and you're, you're just blowing and going for Jesus, ready to go, you pray a simple prayer and there it is. There's the answer. I mean, it's like bam, 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 just answer after answer after answer after answer. You say, glory, this is good. This works good. And then you get a little older in God, growing up a little more in God. And next thing you know, you're going to have to make, do, do a little more standing. Huh? Standing and declaring and believing God. Listen to me. It's just like our kids. We, we, we expect our kids to grow up, start taking on more responsibility and doing such as that. And, 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 and so the same way we are in God. Now God wants, God says, ask and you shall receive, uh, knock and it shall be opened unto you and seeking you shall find. And I'm through them kind of in a wrong order. But anyway, 
God said, listen, when he returns, will he find that kind of a faith that they will not give up? Listen, listen to me. Oh, shoot. When we have the, the knowledge of the will of God on any subject, you should never take no for an answer. You should say, no. you said, well, sometimes God's answer is no and some it's time is yes. All the promises of God are yes. And in Him, amen. I'm telling you something. He's a yes pronounced upon every promise of God. And I'm telling you, sometimes we say, they say well, I'm going to pray and it may be no and it may be. Listen, all my prayers are yes. You say, why is that, Pastor? Because I pray according to the word and the will. According to the word and the will. And so he said, when the Son of Man, will he really find this kind of a faith? When people goes in there and they pray, they said, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep at it till I see the answer. Listen to me, I'm still believing God for answers for 20 years back. And I'm still going to receive them in the name of Jesus. Why? Because I believe and have faith for it. You say, how come you don't quit? Because he said he's looking for consistent. I'm about to fall off a little bit. He's looking for a faith that stays at it. Huh? Somebody say, I got stay at it faith. Look at somebody, you say, you, look at somebody say, you need stay at it faith. Nah, some of y'all didn't want to say that. You don't want to make nobody mad. That's all right. Huh? And there's a consistency in praying. And Jesus said, I tell you what, when I come back, I'm looking for some faith. Hallelujah. Everybody shout, he's going to find it with me. Look at Luke 11, if you will. Glory to God. I'm going to stir us up to pray. Glory to God. Verse 1 says this. Now it came to pass as Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. He said, Jesus, teach us to pray. Think about this. They could have asked him anything. They could have asked him, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, just any kind of questions they wanted to. They could ask him, how do you build cabinets? He was a carpenter. They could have asked him uh, 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 any kind of questions they want, but what they asked him was, Lord, could you teach us to pray? Could you teach us to pray like John taught us? Now, I believe this. Jesus was a person of prayer. And we're going to see some things if I get time this morning. I may not get time this morning. But the thing about it, Jesus, now Jesus was the Son of God. God personified in the flesh. He came birthed from a woman. He stripped himself of his divine divinity and, and he took on the form of a servant. But I'm here to tell you, he had a relationship with the Father. He knew the importance of it. Listen, pray, listen, your prayer life, listen, your prayer life determines your relationship with your Father. We get quiet in this Holy Ghost Church right now. I'm telling you, and listen, if you never visit with nobody, you don't have much of a relationship. You have, Fellowship is what even makes a, a marriage good. Huh? And so he said, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples to pray. That word pray is to pray to God, of course, to supplicate, to make prayer or fellowship. And then when it said teach us, here's what he said when he teaches. He said to instruct us. Instruct us on how to pray. Inform us on how to pray. 
And it, it, it means to communicate to another. Teach us how to communicate to God. The knowledge of that which He was, the knowledge of that which He was before ignorant to deliver any doctrine, art, principles, or words of instruction to tell, to give intelligence. So that's asking Jesus, we want to know how to pray. And man, you don't know how many times I've talked to God because I thought, I just don't know how to pray. I don't know how to pray. You've ever been there besides me where you just felt so inadequate that I can't pray and it don't really matter. So we always go to somebody else to pray for us. You pray for us. And if you ask, listen, I used to freak out if they asked somebody asked me to pray. I said, oh my God, don't ask me to pray. They said, Randy, would you ever play? Oh my God. And then you get all tongue-tied. You ever got tongue-tied trying to pray? I still do that today. Man, I get all, oh, I get all frustrated such as that. But the thing about it is, Jesus said, then he said, then he gave, then he told them, when, when you pray, our Father which art in heaven, we understand that. We call, we call that the Lord's prayer, but actually it's the disciples' prayer. Cause he was telling them how to pray. He actually gave them a pattern. That was actually a pattern for praying. And, uh, to, to, to kind of give them a, 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 a kind of a, a how-to pray. Started it out with praise and worship. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I'll tell you one thing about our prayer meetings here at 530. Linda always, when we start praying, we always start worshiping God and praising God. Hallelujah. And doing such as that. Why? Because we understand getting into the presence of God. Huh? And so he gave us a template to what, how we should be doing in prayer, but the thing I wanted you to see there is the disciples knew there's something to this praying. Why did they ask Jesus? Because he was constantly going off to pray. He was going and praying. They seen the effects. Listen to me. When you see somebody that's a prayer war, they really pray and such as that, you start seeing the effects of their prayers. You see the effects of what they're praying coming to pass. Amen. I want people to look at me and say, my God, he gets his prayers answered, and I do get my prayers answered, by the way. Let's go to a couple of scriptures in, in Jesus and prayer. Jesus and prayer. Let's go to Mark chapter 1. I should just let her, who's up there, Teresa? Throw it up on the board, and that way I wouldn't have to go to all of them. Verse 35, it says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, this is talking about Jesus, Jesus went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. And there he prayed. Now listen, if Jesus needs to pray, you reckon we ought to? Huh? And Jesus went to pray. I mean, he had pulled aside by himself. Let me tell you something. There's, 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 there's a... Uh, uh, Public prayer, we all need that. We all need to uh, not mind praying in public. People ask me sometimes to pray for them in certain places. We'll pray for them right there. Uh, I know Linda was in a, a CVS the other day, and a woman walked up and talked about her cancer coming back on her or something like that. And Linda just grabbed, wrapped her up in her arms and right there started praying with her, just started praying for her. We've had people catch us at, at, at the sale barn that was dealing with cancer and come and put their arms around both of them and say, pray for me about this. And we right there in the parking lot, we was praying for her and, and uh, 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 believing God for her healing. And today, she's doing great. But the thing about it is, there's time for that. But then there's got to be that private prayer time. There's got to be that time 
It's one-on-one with you and God. You've got to have that. I stress that. You've got to have that. You've got to have that time. You know, that time for you could be in your vehicle driving to work. You say, well, you know, I don't have time just to set aside. You got How many drives to work? That's most of us. How many walk? None of us. How many rides donkeys? None of us. But anyway, the whole thing is, sometimes our big excuse is, I don't have time. Am I right? But there's got to be a made time. Is that right? There's got to be a made time. And so Jesus, he went out from there and he went to pray. Here's why them disciples told him Jesus teaches to pray. Because they watched him pray and knew he prayed and saw the results from his praying. In Mark 6, 46, it says, And when Jesus had sent them away, He departed to the mountain to pray. Now, you say, well, I've got my, I've got my little prayer room. That's good. You ought to have a prayer room or a prayer place. You know, sometimes I just go out walking out in the yard and praying and such as that. And uh, out by myself, sometimes I go to my back room where I study and I'll just lay on the bed and pray before I study and, and such as that. But we got that, those times that we, we just have to have that time with Jesus, with God. So he departed and went to the mountain to pray. Anybody ever felt like he was on the mountain? In Luke 3.21, it says, While he prayed, the heavens was opened. How many would like to get a heaven opened? Huh? That was right before he was getting baptized when Jesus, God said, Behold, he's uh, my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. The Holy Ghost came on, all that such as that. And Jesus said, when he prayed, the heavens opened. You know, we need to pray for an open heaven and then we, we need to be praying under an open heaven. Amen? And so he prayed and the heavens were open. Now, also in Luke 5, 16, it says, so Jesus himself, talking about that, often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. I got to thinking about that. Whether you're up or down, you are to be praying. Because we always say, well, I just feel like I'm in the wilderness. Well, pray! Well, I feel like I'm on the mountain. Pray! Huh? Listen, we, we can't... I'm your pastor, and listen, I know the power of prayer. I know what it does to your life. And I guess I just got stirred up this week to say, listen, we've got to learn the importance of prayer. We've got to pray, and we've got to believe God. Because listen to me, it's not going to be whatever God wants. Well, And here, it can't be God knows. Do you know God knows everything? Is there anything He don't know about us? He's the beginning from the end, the alpha, the mega, and everything in between. He knows everything there is about us, but He set some guidelines in His Word that if we don't go according to those guidelines, even when He said, if you'll ask, you'll receive. If you'll seek, you'll find. If you'll not, the door shall be open unto you. And I'm telling you, He says, I know what you have need of before you... What? Huh? I was I was reading Brother Hagen's book last night, and it's a prevailing prayer uh, prevailing prayer to peace. And uh, I was reading in this certain part because talking about Jesus, and he said, you know, he was talking about when Jesus uh, when he said, if you'll seek, you'll find; knocking, it shall be opened unto you; uh, asking, shall receive; seeking, shall find; knocking, shall be opened unto you. And he said he talked to a missionary that had been in the uh, heard a missionary that had been in the, uh, the Middle East for for thirty something years that shone light on that particular scripture. He used it and said this. He said the key to that is this. When somebody would knock on a door, well, if it was a rich person or whatever, they would send their servant down down to see who it was. 
And if they knew the person, they came in immediately. But if they didn't know the person, they would go back to the master of the house and ask him if they could come in. In other words, knowing God gave them immediate entrance into His presence. Listen, we need to know God. Listen, you say, most everybody here is probably born again, so we know God. What we need to do is take advantage of our relationship with God and realize God's for us and He's not against us. And prayer time can be a good time. Mark Bruce, said this one time. He said, my happy time is my prayer time. Huh? Our happy time should be our prayer time. We shouldn't go into prayer dreading it. Can I help you? You said, well, it seems like it just lasts forever. Listen, I've been in here praying. I thought I was shucking the corn. And I thought I was really knocking out thinking I'd done been praying about an hour, 30 minutes, looked down about 10 minutes. I said, oh, my Jesus, I still got some more work to do. Huh? Have you ever been there? And other times you just get lost in praying and you look and don't realize, oh, hours went by and you didn't even know. You thought, my God, I ain't been here 10 minutes. It's all in how, listen, it's all in how our attitude is when we're there. Huh? Let me tell you, can I help you? Am I helping anybody? I want to help. I want to help you. We ought to never go into prayer with a rush saying, we're going in here. And now if you ain't got but 10 minutes, you might take advantage of it. Listen, sometimes you've got to develop yourself into these things. Huh? Listen, if you got five minutes, pray five minutes. Man, pray five minutes with purpose. Amen. And enjoy that presence with God. Talk to God. Visitate with God. Luke 6, 12 says, Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Continued all night to prayer in God. Well, I, I haven't quite made an all-nighter, but I tell you what, I've, made, I've, I've had God wake me up at 12 o'clock at night and get me up. Anybody ever had the nudging to get up at 12 o'clock at night and pray? You said, Lord, no. Lord, no. Jesus, could you wait till 6 in the morning? How about 8 o'clock? So, you know, God's not... I hope nobody gets mad at me what I'm going to say. God's not that... God, there's no time in heaven. So it's not like we say... You know, I don't get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and pray. Unless God leaves me. If I'm up at 6 o'clock in the morning, I'll pray. But if I'm not up at six o'clock, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna set my alarm and say this is how I'm gonna pray. Because I'm more of a little later on in the morning prayer. I usually, of course, I pray when I get up, pray the blood of Jesus, doing stuff like that. But then a lot of times I come to church and I spend an hour or so in, in the sanctuary praying. But the thing about it is, we got to understand something about God. He just wants your fellowship. Wouldn't it be great just to give Him some of it? God, we love you and we appreciate you. Prayer is so important. Look in Luke 22, and I'll try to close with these. Got a baptism to do in just a minute. Let's see. Verse, let's go to 22. What's what? What verse? Let's, let's try 30. Let's try... Let's try 39. <laughs> I was looking, I was looking at the wrong thing. I'm going to read this in the message, I mean, in the New Living Translation, Teresa. Then accompanied by his disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, pray that you will not enter into temptation or give, pray, he told them, pray that you will not give in to temptation. 
This was before Jesus went to the cross. This was when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane when, and uh, uh, dealing really, uh, just to be honest with you, Jesus was dealing with his flesh. See, Jesus had to, listen, this blows people's mind, he had to deal with his flesh too. You say, how do you know? Because he was tempted in all manners just like we are, yet without sin. In other words, he didn't give in to it, and he told his disciples, you need to pray that you will not give in to temptation. Now listen to this. You say, he didn't tell, listen, he did not tell them, pray for no temptation. He says, you need to pray that you won't give in to temptation. In other words, if you are a person of prayer, you're going to be less likely to give in to the temptation than if you are a people that's not a prayer. Are you following me? Why? Because that relationship you have with God keeps you. It keeps you. You don't want to offend God. You don't want to uh, uh, hurt God's feelings, we could say. He, he, I'm sure he gets his feelings hurt sometimes too. But Jesus said, listen, you need to pray that you enter not into temptation. You need to have a prayer life. Listen to me. People that don't, they're more than likely not going to give in to things that they know they shouldn't be doing. Is this all right this morning? It says, he walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. Here Jesus is in his last final hours on the earth, he's praying. Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. I want your will to be done, not mine. Listen to me, Jesus was having, Jesus was battling with his flesh. You said, what do you mean, pastor? It means this, Jesus understood what Isaiah said about him. The turmoil, the stuff he was going, the Bible says he would be marred more than any man. The Bible says he wouldn't resemble a man. The Bible says he would be so beaten, so battered, so bruised through it all, they couldn't even tell he was human. He knew what the scripture said. He was having a problem with his flesh, but he said this, I don't want my will to be done. I want your will to be done. And for the plan of redemption, I have to go through this. But God, you're going to have to help me in this. And he said, I don't want my will to be done. Why? What would, what would, listen, what would Jesus' will be in? For God to do it another way. That would have been what Jesus will be. He said, I don't want my will to be done. I want your will to be done. And your will is your word. What you have already said, that's the way it shall be. And so he told them, listen, you're going to have to be the same way. Why? Because here's what Jesus is saying. I didn't give in to the temptation of giving up and quitting on the purpose of God in my life. Why? Because he was a person of prayer. Jesus prayed. He prayed in the wilderness. He prayed on the mountaintops. He prayed all night long. He spent multiple, multiple hours and days in prayer. Now, if Jesus felt the need to pray, how about us? How about us? Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him, and he prayed more fervently. And he was in such agony of the spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. At last he stood up again and returned to his disciples, only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. Why are you sleeping, he asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. Get up and told them again, pray that you will not give in to temptation. I'm telling you, he told Peter, he said, Peter, before, before he ever went to the garden of Gethsemane, he told Peter, he said, Peter, 
uh, you, Peter said, I'm going to go with you. I'll go with you to death. I'm, I'm planning on sticking with you all the way. And Peter, Jesus looked at Peter and said, Peter, before the rooster crows, you will have denied three times that you even know me. Peter said, there's no way I'll ever deny you, Jesus. I will never deny you. I'll never turn my back on you. And Jesus said, but when you return, strengthen your brethren. Listen, Jesus knew this about Peter. You are going to give in to the temptation to deny me because when that little girl asks you, you know him, you know who he was. He said, I have no idea who he is. When the next person comes in and tells you, yes, you are, you were one of them. He said, I don't know who he was. And when the next person come in and said, yes, you are definitely with them because your voice is that of a Galilean, you de- that your voice depicts you. And I'm telling you, the Bible says Peter started cussing. He started ramping and raving and he looked at Jesus and Jesus looked at him and he went away and wept bitterly. See, I found this out about a lot of people. They blow it miserably in their lives so they don't think God wants to hear from them no more. Well, that's a lie from hell. God loves you and He cares about you. And no father does not want to have any uh, uh, fellowship with their family. He, God loves you. We've got to get to the place that we realize God loves us more than anything on this planet. He sent His best for us. He sent Jesus to die for us. He gave His life for us. He wants to hear from you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to fellowship with you. He wants you to commune with Him. He wants you to have a best life. He wants to bring you back out of the pig pen of life. He wants to lift you up and raise you up and put your feet upon a rock to stand. God loves you. You need to say, well, God, I'll tell you what, I might have been, I might have been made a mess of my life. I may not be living the way I ought to live, but I'm going to hook back up with you and I'm going to fellowship with you. And God, I'm going to pray and I'm going to seek your face and I'm going to go before you every day, God, and talk to you. And listen, I'm not perfect. God has not made not one perfect person perfect on this planet. Only one came perfect. That was Jesus. Jesus, and He died for our imperfections. I'm telling you something. God wants your fellowship. Glory to God. We can't keep hiding. Listen, you can't hide from Him. There's nothing hidden that shall not be revealed. We can't hide. You know, I've, I've, I haven't always been the perfect gentleman I am now. I've made some mistakes. And hold your ears if you're prone to getting up offended. I've made mistakes as a pastor. Made wrong choices. Nothing immoral. Don't get me wrong, nothing like that. And, and so it bothers me. But I'd always go to God. I'd always go back to God and say, God, I blew it. Will you forgive me? You know, you can hear those words. Well, sure I will. Well, sure I will. Let's just get back on the right slate. Let's get back. Let's get hooked up. Had somebody called me years ago that I'd had fellowship with years ago and, and, and quit, uh, uh, quit having anything to do with something. I got my answer machine one day and it said, let's reconnect. After all these years, let's reconnect. Huh? And you know, I tried to reconnect with him, but he never caught, got back with me. So I did my part to try to reconnect, but he didn't do his part to try to reconnect, even though he was the one that initiated it. See, I don't know where you are today, but if you're away from God, you need to reconnect. You need to reconnect. 
See, the prodigal son, the prodigal son, he, he, when he was uh, away from the father, the father didn't quit looking for him. The father didn't even turn his back on his son. The father kept looking down that road because he knew one day he's coming back. Because one day he's going to come to his senses. One day he's coming back. He's coming back home. And sure enough, he looked out one day and here he came walking right down that road. And the father said, shut the gates and keep him out. Tell him to get back in that pig pen. We don't want him. No. The father said, hey guys, go get that fatted calf. Skin that sucker. We first have steak and potatoes. Go get the band. We first have a time. We first have a celebration because you see that boy right there? He was lost and now he's found. You see right there? And he didn't waste nothing. The Bible says he ran to meet him and embraced him. And everything that young boy had rehearsed to tell his father, the father just ignored it all. I'm not worthy to be your son no more. I have sinned against you. I'm not worthy. Just make me like one of the hired servants. The father didn't listen to that. He said, bring out the best robe. Put it on him. Bring the ring out that represents the authority of the family. Bring the shoes out and put on his feet because servants didn't have shoes. Sons did. And he restored that boy back to where he was before he ever left. Listen to me. God's in the restoring business. And there's some people that need to restore their relationship with God. He's not trying to keep you out. He's trying to pull you in. Prayer is a good time, and it's a happy time. We just need to start somewhere. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness, and we thank you for your mercy. We thank you that we have a Father like you who can forgive and forget and not hold anything against us and who wants to constantly have fellowship with us. God, it don't matter to you whether we're in our car or whether we're in our own private room or we're walking around out in the yard or we're just even walking or uh, 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 walking around doing whatever we're doing, God, as long as we're fellowshipping with you. Even Paul said, pray without ceasing or another have a life of prayer. God, that communication with the Father. We love you so much, and we appreciate you so much, Father God.